1: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Ghost Chronicles, the international show, the home of the teller of curious tales, that famous person who now upsets us all. Peons on the show. I am Ron Kolak, and with me, of course, is the other peon, Steve Martin, who plays, you know, second host to uh, the Teller of Curious Tales. Now, but anyways, welcome to Ghost Chronicles, right here on Tojeanette Pararex, and Beyond. So there
0: you go. Cool. Do so, you know I'm the actually the executive producer of Ghost? That God. doesn't give you shit. It does. I bought the bloody rights for it. Ah, it doesn't matter. On the scripts. And
1: nobody nobody knows you. <laughs> I actually uh, sent them a message because we need a, we need a photo from them. We have to put them on the website. People want to hear these curious no, tales.
0: No, 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 no. It's supposed to be a mystery. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Nobody it's coming. Nobody
0: knows who the Teller of Curious... Oh, I'll tell him to stop it. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, as executive producer... Made exec-
1: as
0: executive, made executive producer decision. of the Teller of Curious Tales, I think you, I can. Yeah, we'll see about that. All right.
1: Just saying. All right.
0: Anyway, moving on. So what's up? Do you know what? I'm in a ranting mood tonight because. Oh, good. Uh, good. Because uh, yeah. I don't feel
1: like doing anything. I'll just sit here and listen to you. That should be really good.
0: <laughs> yeah. Starting off with, why do, we, why do we always like behind Ghost Chronicles, The Next Generation in the ratings? That's the first rant. Wow, wow, wow. wow, wow. wow, wow, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Could that have anything to do with the fact that it's only three o'clock in the afternoon? It's oh, no. 8 right.
1: o'clock in England.
0: Yeah, but nobody in England listens to radio. We we were in the digital era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyways, anyways
1: well, yeah, we're all, yeah. We're all too reflected poor. reflected in the, in the, in the uh, figures as well, anyways.
0: Yeah, well, we're all too poor over here. We, You know, it's like we're in the middle of Brexit and austerity. The
1: show's free, for God's sakes.
0: That doesn't really. They, they don't know that. Anyway. No, uh, serious, seriously, because you know, yes, sir. the world of the paranormal has been around since time began, since man first saw the first. Is it really? Has,
1: you know, I mean, we say that, Jeez, but is is that that I'll really? finish in a minute, oh, I don't know, you just drag things on. I just, I lose. The, well, we lose do the have, just,
0: well, we do have recording ghost sightings uh, in ancient China, Assyria, Egypt, uh, Egypt, uh, the Bible, Babylon. I, well, I intend to for the rest of the yeah, year. Yeah, you have and you usually do. <laughs> but, yeah, it hasn't really, what was that? It hasn't really changed, has it? It hasn't, we haven't really gotten anywhere. We haven't advanced our knowledge in the ways that we have in other areas of science or engineering or technology or psychology or medicine or industry commerce. Yes, that's Man has shut up, and listen. Man has evolved. You know, our society has evolved. Our understanding of the world around us has evolved. We now can collide tiny particles of subatomic particles, um, and and look at even more bits that break off and understand more about how the universe is constructed. But our relationship with the paranormal, our relationship with the spiritual hasn't really advanced, you know, you, 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 you go through Facebook, you go through websites, you go through books, and you look back to what man's understanding was in the 16th century about the spirit realm, how it was like layers of an onion encompassing the world that we live in and how we ascended through these layers of an onion uh, till we presumably reached the other side. Uh, and there are lots of different accounts as to what it might mean. And if you look at, if you read the, the writings of modern spiritualists. <laughs> what the hell is that? Uh, see, see what I mean? It's, it's the other look side. Look what you did. <laughs> and that's really good. We haven't really advanced at all. Um, you know, if we look at modern writings and modern interpretations.
1: Wait a minute! You're just going to go over that? You, that that no, came on the air you just it. I just All right.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm not giving way to the spirit realm. But <laughs> okay. <laughs> what a random jingle out of nowhere!
1: I have no idea what that was, but it was intriguing.
0: Go on, then make something of it.
1: No, I mean, I'm just sure it was paranormal.
0: You see, that's part of the problem. People are so sure that things are what they are or what what they're not, because they're basing it on their beliefs. They're basing it upon their understanding of a situation. One of the most common things that I, I read when I look through other people's investigation reports, for example, or reports of people's encounters with the supernatural, with the paranormal, is it was unexplainable. We couldn't explain it. Because somebody can't explain, I can't explain the inner workings of a turbocharger. It doesn't mean that it's paranormal or that it's not explainable. The fact that you can't explain something doesn't mean it is not explainable by somebody else, uh, perhaps with a deeper understanding of the mechanics or the processes involved. But we're, we're dealing more here with belief because people intrinsically want to believe. They want to validate their experiences they want to understand their interactions the shadow that they saw the blob of light the noise that they heard and they they make certain assumptions that so they're often based upon belief um, or based upon what they're informed by somebody who they think knows more about the subject than them often that person is then using their beliefs uh, or something that they've developed an idea that they've developed or indeed, in some instances, in uh, unfortunate instances, they're doing it for fiscal reasons or for egotistical reasons. And if you, if, you, you know, if you take a balanced view of what psychical research understood in the 17th century compared to what psychical research understands in the 21st century, we have advanced about, yeah, about no distance at all. Yeah, I, I can see
1: that. It's it's. Uh, I I don't know. It's it, it, is it because we can't define what it really is, or are we just? It's just divided into two camps that everything that blinks and tickles and whatever is paranormal, and everything that is not can never be paranormal. Because that's that's what I'm kind of getting out of you. Is that you really think? Don't think the paranormal exists.
0: Oh, I think there is certainly questions to be asked. You know, I, I have no doubt that there are intriguing experiences that people have. Um, yeah, but that, that, the, you're just
1: the, you're getting the issues. You won't call it paranormal. So, therefore... well, I can't
0: I can't label something. I don't under I don't understand the paranormal. So,
1: all the data and everything has been collected through centuries and centuries no, of no, 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 investigation. No, 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 no. There is no thing paranormal there. So, why are you even in it, no offense?
0: <laughs> Well, there is. In fact, what you just said is, is, is incorrect because there is a lot of data that's been collected over the centuries and by, by researchers who have demonstrated that unequivocally that people are having experiences that do seemingly defy uh, rational explanation, even by experts in other areas such as physics or mechanics or psychology they they are genuine experiences that people are having and there is no doubt that the that the, that these experiences exist the problem lies in then trying to determine the cause and when you said it's it, there are two camps, um, the believers and the non-believers. It's actually way more complicated than that, because in, in, in reality, there are probably almost as many camps as there are individuals on the face of, the, you know, interested in this subject. Because everybody will bring their own spin on it, their own belief, their own desires and wants to the party, and that will color their interpretation and view of a situation for a, a two people might go into a, a room and one uh, both of them might see an apparition one of them might interpret it as a hallucination that little piece of there's there's more um what was it uh, dickens said there's more something than phantom um a little bit of gravy or that bit of chicken It's in the
1: Christmas
0: carol, I can't remember the quote now, but the other person, for them, it becomes overwhelming proof of a spirit universe, of uh, ascended levels beyond this one, of a whatever they believe in. It could be ghosts, it could be spirits, it could be multiple dimensions, but Therein lies the key problem in this subject area and a problem we've touched on many, many times um, in the show. Uh, But it's one that is it. It isn't decreasing. um, And therein lies the key issue over the years you would have thought that we would have polarized the debate into some questions that could be answered as has happened with uh, for example at cern with the with the hadron collider if we do this experiment this will demonstrate something and then from that experiment we can devise further experiments and understand what takes place what we have though in reality when it comes to the paranormal is no defined experiments have really ever been uh, undertaken. There are lots of experiments that have been done within uh, psychology departments that, that study statistically uh, small but significant um, Ideas of psychokinesis, the idea that the human mind can influence the world around it. There have been other studies that look at the near-death experience and whether some aspect of our consciousness survives physical bodily death. And they're fascinating experiments. But what you also have on the flip side of that, and you read it day in, day out on social media and in magazines and in newspapers, are people going out, and I could quote, you know, chapter and, you know, Endless ones from from you know just from Facebook. Um, we did some experiments last night, and we proved that we did some experiments. Why I don't mean, you look at the expe- what the experiments are? They're not experiments under any stretch of the imagination. If sitting around a box with flashing lights on it is not an experiment. It-
1: well, that's not necessarily true. You know that,
0: right? Well, it isn't necessarily true, because there is no, there is no uh, defined methodology. There is no question that's been set depends down. It depends
1: what you're attempting to do, and once you've defined your parameters...
0: and Well, they haven't. That's, therein lies the problem. That's why it's not an experiment, because what they do often, um, and there are groups that undertake science uh, experiments, and I'm not saying that there aren't, but the vast majority, um, and on investigations I've attended, uh, both sides of the Atlantic, there reaches a point quite early on in the evening when... Uh, or in the even in the planning stages, when people go, well, what should we do? Well, we'll do a bit of table tipping, and then we'll do some EVP. Now, we'll do some EVP. That is the sole raison d'etre for pulling out a ghost box we will do some evp now there is no experimental protocol there is no experimental rationale there is no question it's just we will get this box out we will turn it on and we will start rambling at it saying is there anybody there how were you killed they don't even have a list of defined questions the questions are made up um thrown out to the group bounce backwards and forwards, interpreted on the fly. The results are (laughs) invariably supportive of whoever is the loudest voice or the group leader. Or the medium. Or the medium. But then they say that was an experiment. You yourself said that's an experiment. It's just not. It's just just people thrill-seeking, and they're out for... Yeah, you know, let's do some E V P and then we'll do some table tipping. Then we'll do yeah, some Yeah, but that's
1: that's 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 not I an mean, experiment. You've, you've...
0: That's playing.
1: Yeah, but I don't know where you can't do that. You Instead see the guys. That people say they do experiments on there, but that you just given up one example of oh, some no, no, particular no, 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 no. group to say something. No, this but is there are on. other groups that do do experiments, and well, you I'm, said it yourself. So I, I don't well, know where you're well, getting it going. Well, I'm, with I'm basing that. my right.
0: rant on 35 years of watching people explore the paranormal in the field. And the vast majority, the majority. Mm-hmm don't have any clear aims when they set off to do an investigation. In fact, they don't have any uh, real aims when they seek a location. Other than the building is old, damp, spooky, and conforms to the stereotypical view of a haunted house. Then they go blindly looking for some validation of their own personal ideas and beliefs. Now, it has always been my contention that... There remains to be some fantastic discoveries made in relation to these human experiences. And there is an awful lot of people who have dedicated a great deal of time, effort, and money to the pursuit of these aims. In every single group I have ever encountered, there are people who are completely and utterly dedicated to exploring these these interesting questions. Mm. But... They're not being supplied with the right information, the right tools, and, and importantly, the right questions to ask. And mm. what if they did that? If they upped their game, um, and I've said before, as in fields such as astronomy. As in fields such as archaeology and many of the life sciences, some of the, the biggest breakthroughs have come from the amateur sector, the enthusiastic amateur, but crucially working to very high standards that mainstream science will accept as a result and be forced into a situation where it has to sit up, take notice and itself explore. With its, with it, with its, hopefully, greater resources.
1: Hmm.
0: Well, it's, it's not a negative rant; it's a positive rant, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: I, I mean, you, to me, you seem to be a person that goes in uh, thinking that everything is nilly willy, and you're not open-minded enough, really, to to carry out any. Uh, to accept anything, really,
0: uh, I guess,
1: unless you set up the, the experiment yourself. That's that's what I'm getting out of this. Uh,
0: that's the, Well, that might be the way I'm coming across. Um, hope for, I, I would have thought that by now you would have known that to have been incorrect. Because, oh, I know that. I'm just talking about a uh, list. I mean, yeah, yes, absolutely. Uh, I trust the experiments that I set up because the experiments I set up are, uh, first of all, peer-reviewed when they're published, and they're also set to a series of standards moreover. do you over. say that,
1: now, you, you threw it out there, peer-reviewed. Now, who peer-reviews your experiments, and, and what experiments specifically well, when we are publish, we talking are, about, Steve? Well, when we, I well, mean, we, you,
0: you, you're really decrypting. For example, well, yeah. for example. Okay, I'll take that. Um, I'll give you two examples. Very first good. of all, the orb experiments that we undertook, that I undertook um, with, with parascience. Mm-hmm. The, 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 we had this idea that orbs were not paranormal. They, they seemed uh, uh, to be too common. They seemed to be something that was occurring too often for us to, be com- to feel comfortable with them being paranormal. Although, as, as I've said many times, initially our first encounters with them were baffling and intriguing. So with that in mind, we, we thought, yep. well, what other things could they be? Now, I'm not going to go through the entire experiment. It's available in multiple places all over the Internet. Just give um, us a synopsis, basically. We, we basically presumed that um, they were dust, that they were moisture, that they were uh, – and we tried to devise a series of experiments to test that idea. Mm-hmm. And that took us two or three years. And we were fairly confident with the results. However, we were never able to make the final – conclusive demonstration of our hypothesis until uh, we, we always realized that stereophotography would be that means but there was no mechanism by which we could make two digital cameras work identically for reasons the technical reasons within the software and within them the the actual electronics and mechanics of the cameras um, they had to fire exactly the same moment Uh, The sensors had to be identical. They had to be the same distance from the flash, blah, 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 blah. There were lots of reasons. And even the way that the software then wrote the image from the sensor into the memory card had to be identical. Now, a few years ago, there was two or three stereo uh, digital cameras that appeared on the market. One in particular uh, satisfied those needs in that it had two matched identical sensors to match optical systems. They were were equidistant from the flash, which was centrally placed. And that that allowed us to do the experiment, which demonstrated effectively that orbs were nothing more than dust and moisture when they appeared on digital cameras. Now, that experiment, the results of that, the way the whole experiment was was undertaken, uh, the methods that we used, the equipment that we used, um, were all peer reviewed prior to publication in several journals. Now, that is my understanding of how peer science,
1: reviewed by by who, Steve?
0: Well, peer reviewed by in in the, in the case of the old paper. Well, first of yeah, all, like well, we're talking about the old paper, so let's let's go by with that. By, by by the parapsychologist peers. Um, I, I,
1: so your 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 peers were parapsychologists.
0: Well, it was also it was also peer reviewed. The paper was also sent for peer review by photographic experts and by software experts because the people who prior to publication they wanted to ensure that the paper was sound accurate, and, and accurate. <laughs> So that is and, – uh, and, of course, uh, they sent back their review and said, these these there are areas of weakness um, within the way that you've presented the paper. There are areas of weakness within some of the methodologies. Uh, and we went back and we, we addressed those issues and resubmitted the paper. So we took on board the constructive criticisms and the comments, and then we went back and we addressed those issues and we resubmitted. And – over time, the paper reached a point where everybody was happy and they signed it off and it was duly published. And the same happened later with the infrasound research, which demonstrated.
1: Well, it, stick it, with the OBS one. I'm okay. not
0: going on another one. Please, not yet, anyways.
1: Um, so, so it was accepted and you said published. Now, uh, when you say published, what, what do you mean by that, Steve?
0: Well, it was published in the journal for the Society for Psychical Research. Um, okay. It was also published in the ASAP journal, um, and it's been recited. So this would
1: uh, be like the medical magazines and, and yeah, the doctor yeah. profession.
0: Yeah, okay. um, and it's been recited in in other journals too. Okay. When others have when others have done their research, they have you know uh, read the paper. And quoted it and cited it. Um, And and indeed, it's also been tested. Um, There were several several attempts to test it using identical equipment because you can, when you publish a paper, because you have to lay out how you've done something, the methods that you've taken, it allows others to go back and independently check and verify that what you uh, say and the conclusions you reached are sound. And indeed... Uh, it has been tested, to my knowledge, twice using an identical, uh, you know, so identical methods, and the results that that, that were uh, forthcoming were were um, a validation of the the first paper.
1: Mm-hmm. I have a couple uh, of questions regarding this. And, and first of all, I guess is that uh, this research was it, or experiment was it is it done in a laboratory or was there field work? Uh, how do I mean. How did you control your environment?
0: We didn't need to. Um, In in terms of the orb experiment, the question that we were setting out to explore was, do do these orbs represent something paranormal? Because uh, the the information that had been presented up to that point was that a large number of people armed with relatively inexpensive digital Digital cameras (laughs) were going into haunted locations and coming out with these these mm-hmm. uh, orb, orb images, and they were stating unequivocally that they were paranormal and that they were making these claims. That was the question that we first of all set out to, to test. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we did is we went to the same locations that they were going to, the same locations where the claims were coming from, mm-hmm. and we deliberately switched the camera to operate as a simple... Um, basic digital camera, which it was able to do. The only difference between uh, the cameras they were using and the one that we were using for this experiment is effectively we had two identical cameras in one box with one shutter button, uh, which allowed us to to check the experiment. But what we did is we changed as little as possible from the original claimant's um, experiments, they were claiming that they were getting these results in these environments under these circumstances. So we went to those environments under as close as circumstances, identical circumstances as Mm -hmm. was possible, uh, and used our system, our camera, in a way that most closely replicated the methods that they were using. Okay.
1: Now, the other question I have, and, and we're coming to a break, and then so we'll move on to a different subject after that, but uh, it, it, you, you studied this for years, you said, so were you able to identify – the ORBs uh, characteristics as uh, the source of the ORBs. For instance, could you, through your studies, see enough dust dust particles to say, okay, this is definitely a dust particle versus a bug versus water vapor versus some other
0: uh, uh, thing? Well, that that wasn't within the remit of the general experiment. But no, but just I'm just, asking, however, you know, how, yeah. yeah, yeah. However, um, obviously, during the course of the experiment, which oddly enough has never stopped, we still use the camera. We still use, we still uh, look at the results. Mm-hmm. Um, although we've never, we, we haven't actually set down to categorise um, the types of orbs. We've recognised that there are patterns. Uh, it, it's possible to tell. With a better degree of certainty, uh, I believe, and I have now than I did 10 years ago, the difference between uh, water droplets, pollen, and insects. However, we've never deliberately sat down to say that this is um, uh, you know, a specific causal factor, such as dust, a dust particle, such as a fa- uh, a hair, f- um, a, a clothing fiber, such as an insect, because there is, there has never been a need to. All we needed to demonstrate for the purposes of the original experiment is non-paranormality or normality. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I was just but, curious. But, so, but I in mean, terms of do category, you think
0: yes, we can. I mean, we yeah, can. Yeah, well, that's but, what I was asking. you think
1: that 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 if someone were interested in doing some type of research, then that might be a, a viable subject is to actually be able to identify different orbs, uh, sources. Uh.
0: Honestly, I think that would be misleading uh, and, and time wasting in terms of we we already know that it's not paranormal and what we're what no, we're I mean, we No, well, no, well, uh, let me just you me that. that not
1: all. That's no, 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 I mean, no, no. Let me explain orbs, that.
0: Well, yeah, that's that's a that's a slightly, that's an, a, a, you know it's a step up. But what I'm dealing with is, is, is the, that specific uh, point, which is, we already know that orbs, um, as they appear on digital photography, represent something explainable. In fact, the camera manufacturers are, mm-hmm. most often include right. a page in the instruction manual.
1: We got to come so to the break right now. So we, we
0: need to. There are much more interesting things that we could be looking at rather than just trying to decide whether it was an insect or a pollen grain. Mm-hmm.
1: All right. So anyways, that's uh, that's uh, the break right now. So you, the tunes are on. You listen to Ghost Chronicles National. Steve Hassan, Ron Cole right here on uh, Togenet, Parax Astronet and wherever the hell else we are. We'll be right back with the following messages.
0: Welcome to Togenet radio with a cutting edge.
1: The creepy and the kooky, mysterious and spooky. They all talk ugly kooky, the Parrax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parrax family.
0: They're strange, deranged, unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew. It's time to rendezvous, as we give awards to. The favorite family. And as the four horsemen of the apocalypse gallop off over the horizon, it's time to welcome back part two of Ghost Chronicles International, the show that doesn't have the listenership of Ghost Chronicles Next Generation, because nobody ever listens. Well, it's
1: because you're not blind. Yeah. You're not blind.
0: I could think. blame you. Anyway, oh, anyway.
1: There you
0: go. Yeah. So, so um, anyways, I, I slowing, hang on. I'm snowing you, England, did you say?
1: Yeah, before I get to that, it's yeah we do have snow.
0: Which no, I want to sure. get to that first. I want to hear about these floods because we we've just gone through the harshest winter on record. It's just and, that,
1: uh, how is it the harshest winter <laughs> on
0: record? We had a frosty morning last week. You what? We had a frosty morning last week. Oh well, there you go. Britain, it's Britain. Hmm. Yeah, so anyway. I ordered a pair of US Air Force issue. Arctic mittens. These things rock. I mean, these are issued to the you know when they're out in the Aleutian Islands or up at you know servicing the Harper Rays, and they arrived today, and the temperatures bounced back up into the high sixties.
1: There you go. So, anyways, uh, you know, what, just to finish off with orbs, and, and years ago when the uh, digital cameras first came out, and I always said that um, that I wasn't sure. At that time, whether it was we invented the technology to capture spirits or was there a flaw in the technology that you invented? And according to you, you've answered that question for me. So I thank you for that after, I don't know, 15, no, 20 years, almost 20
0: years. Well, I don't want to spoil your fun, but, you know, if you read a bit more. That paper was published, what, seven years ago, Matt?
1: Yeah, seven. It uh, I, I, said this, I said this years ago.
0: No, I mean, in terms of answering that question, oh, you know, I... Yeah, but yeah, it, I mean, it, was a, it was a question. You it, it don't have that occurred occurred to us was because yeah, we had exactly that same thought. Are we dealing with you know is this has the 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 charge coupled device or the Cmos sensor revolutionised the the quest for the unknown? Because we were getting these extraordinary blobs of light that didn't seem to be easily explainable. We couldn't understand them at first, and we you know. The, the same question went through our mind. Are we dealing with some extraordinary side effect of the technology or are we dealing with something, you know, much more mundane? And what, what spoiled it for us, what really sort of gave us that sit-up moment was the, the frequency of the event, the fact that, you know, almost every we went. And also as, as people started to get more au okay fait with, with, with uh, the Internet, and put pictures on their websites, they too were spotting these um anomalies. And they were just there was just too many of them. And, and that the, didn't the stick thing that really piqued my
1: curiosity was that uh I know several you know professional photographers and the ratio of uh, orbs on uh inexpensive cameras versus you know high quality good cameras was huge absolutely huge yeah. uh, so you know that that put up a red flag for me. But then again, if you listen to the EVP people, they will tell you that you know the <laughs> DI-60, the noisy old recorder, was the best for capturing uh, EVPs because it was flawed, and therefore the spirits were able to manipulate it uh, versus a high-quality one that didn't capture so many ah. EVPs.
0: I'll tell you what is also interesting. In terms of experts and the manufacturers, when we first encountered the, the very first digital camera I ever bought was a Sony Mavica, and it, used, it had an point, a 0.8 megapixel sensor, and it wrote six images to a floppy disk, the old three-and-a-half-inch disk. Yeah. Oh, my God. And we got orbs. And it, it completely intrigued when, when we had these things. We sent the disks, uh, we sent four disks to Sony, Sony UK uh, and asked the optical people, is this a camera malfunction? Is this some, you know, is the camera doing something weird? Or is this something that it's photographing, you know, in the environment? Mm -hmm. And Sony uh, had a look at the pictures and their first response was, it's not the camera. We can't explain it. Now, that was Sony's. And of course, you can imagine we were very intrigued because the people that built the camera, Um, they were saying that they didn't know what it was and they didn't understand it. Because, of course, it was a brand-new effect. It was a side effect of shrinking uh, technology in that, you know, uh, the the technology that gave us the iPod um, from the Walkman, the technology that means that... Hey, on that subject, have you noticed? Back in the day, I had a Sony Walkman, which was about... It was like the the one we picked up in the thrift store. Yeah.
1: yeah, there. So, my son had
0: it fir- too. Yeah, fairly hefty piece of technology, but it had the world's smallest. Remember those little orange sponge headphones that you put on? Remember them? They, had l- oh, little, they were yellow, little,
1: my son said yellow.
0: Well, a little piece of stainless steel um, banding, and then there was like a, a sponge earpiece that sat on your head, and then you roller-skated around uh, whilst wearing Lycra. But if you notice that the iPod, or your, your mobile phone, it's tiny and holds... You know, like 20 times your record collection, and yet your Doctor Beats by Dre headphones are the size of buckets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where did that happen? <laughs> no, that's because of the noise cancelling effects and
1: and so forth. Ah, ah, that's the, the nothing problem. Nothing to do with that. Dr. Dre, has it? <laughs> Yeah, no, it has nothing to do with that. I mean it's it's what it is. So I think the the problem with the paranormal is that if we believe that, you know, ghosts are the disincarnated spirits of humans, then why do we have so many variations of them? I mean, why don't we have just the solid or the the transparent person versus all these other forms of mists and dots and you name it, slats and and squiggly lines and everything else? I mean, it doesn't make sense to, to you. I mean, can you explain it? Why no, this would well, happen
0: well, I, I dearly wish I could. The problem is is, is even more. Um in, uh, d- uh, deeper than that because it goes right through the heart of spiritualism um when, when you ex- when you read books on spiritualism and you there are lots i mean i've got a shelf full of the blessed things that go way way back to the 1860s and you will have people who have written a book or indeed the spirits themselves have written a book through a medium through a human uh or i've got a ghost writer i suppose mm-hmm. and they have they have been asked, uh, the spirit world has been asked to describe the spirit realm. What is it like when we die? What, what you know? What a, and you have hundreds. I mean, literally hundreds of different answers. So they can't even agree what it's like on the other side. I, I, the problem is the human being because we all. And it goes back to what we said earlier in the show. We all bring uh, a great deal of baggage, psychological baggage, with us when we, when we go on an investigation, when we consider any question, uh, whether we want that president or this president, whether we want to stay in Europe or leave Europe. It, it, what's in it for us? What did our parents say? What do our friends think? Ooh, um, what are the advantages for my children? What are the disadvantages? Uh, will I be better off next year? Will I be better off in 10 years? Do I believe in God? We are, we are very, very complex individuals. Um, and those complexities within us play out into how we explore the world around us. If you believe in God, then you are going to um, interpret interactions as the interactions of God. And that's perfectly fine. It works for you. It works for millions of other people, too. If you believe that when you die, you reincarnate, you come back as a completely fresh individual to relearn lessons or to learn fresh lessons, that's fine. There are thousands, millions like you on the planet. If you believe that the whole thing is bunkum and, you know, you get one go round, the merry-go-round, and then you get off and you, you, know, you return to stardust. From when you from whence you came that's fine again there are millions that subscribe to that point of view therein lies the problem that we, we that we face in terms of the paranormal but that we don't face in terms of general science and engineering and commerce and industry because we don't treat the paranormal in the same way we don't say oh well that iPod can't exist because I don't believe it I don't believe that you can take that tiny piece of silicon metal and you can store my entire record collection on it because it can be demonstrated over and over that you can the problem with the paranormal is we can't demonstrate these things because they're non-repeatable often you can go to uh, a haunted house a thousand times and not have an interaction yet you can go with a television crew and have a thousand interactions
1: yeah i know it's 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 interesting in the whole thing but i mean we if you go to the the stories alone uh the, you know over the years and and you have sometimes you have repetitive stories that occur are repetitive events excuse me that occur again and again and it, it's hard to you know hard to i guess um to deny them, I guess, or, or to uh, you know dismiss them, really, because you know they may be uh, you know different people over different years versus uh, different different uh, sort of mm-hmm. circumstances.
0: I think you'd be a bloody idiot if you dismissed them—an absolute mm. raving raving fool—because um, there is no doubt, absolutely not a <laughs> shred of doubt. That uh, since time immemorial, people have had experiences that uh, ordinary conventional wisdom and science and understanding is unable to offer an explanation for. Therefore, if you label them ghosts, then absolutely ghosts exist. What we don't have and what we, we lack and what we've lacked since time immemorial and to the present day, despite the experiments, is any means of explaining uh, the majority of these experiences. Of course, we can explain some in terms of medically, you know, induced hallucinations or, the, you know, uh, lots of other reasons. You know, people aren't all, you know, mad people see ghosts, but.
1: Yeah, that's the, the problem.
0: <laughs> but that doesn't mean to say that everybody that sees a ghost is mad. Uh, you have some excellent, excellent uh, accredited, testimony from people going back at the same location over decades where they've not known previous accounts where they see and report exactly the same phenomena the same ghost is seen by multiple people over generations in the same place with no prior knowledge there can be dem- you can demonstrate no prior knowledge. And yet, they still have the same experience. But what is the cause of that experience? That's the intriguing question. the The question isn't do ghosts exist. The question should be what is a ghost? And my, the point I made before the break uh, in this long winded rant tonight was was the answers. The people listening to this show, both of them, may be the people who who ultimately find those answers, but only if they up their game. You cannot go into a haunted house and go, uh, let's do some EVP after we've had a cup of tea. You've got no, there's no experiment set out. If you you've right, got you always de- have the tea afterwards. <laughs> we have the tea after the experiment. But more importantly, uh, as we were taught at high school, um, you write down, you know, write down the question. What I do mean, I want said- to find?
1: We have places, you know uh, the the first one, of course, is the the library in, in Indiana that had reported of, of of sightings and and they went and they they connected online and and they were able to um, uh, broadcast uh, cameras mm-hmm. online, and people could tune in. And some people did see. Some things in there, uh, you know. There are now there are many locations that have these CCTVs. Uh, mm. I believe Derby Jail has them now as well. If if you I think
0: Derby Jail was possibly one of even the first. Uh, Richard Richard Felix is
1: uh, the first one was in Indiana. It was a library. Well, the I mean, well, library. Of,
0: yeah, one of the first was yeah, probably Derby Jail. Um, I mean, Richard saw a good idea for making money. <laughs> <laughs> He would have jumped straight onto that bandwagon.
1: Do you know? Do you know that when he was co-hosting the show, he actually allowed them to be broadcast at free <laughs> for a, for a short period of time ago.
0: Yeah, special introductory offer. Yeah, <laughs> but but I mean, seriously, I think social media has has actually been harmful to the subject because people have we. we the way we live our lives in the 21st century has changed um it has changed noticeably in the last 10 years um when you sit when you sit in a restaurant You don't see people talking to each other. You see people sitting, staring blankly or interacting on on, on the screens on their phones. When you stand at the, uh, you know, sort of if you're not in the front row of a concert, you can't see the damn concert anymore because the rest of the audience, you're faced with watching the concert through a mass of four inch screens because everybody's live streaming it to their buddies. And that's gone into paranormal investigating also, because people are very, very, uh, they've developed this social um, interaction that didn't exist 10 years ago. It it just wasn't there. Uh, And there was no obligation for you to live stream your webcam from your haunted building, or as some paranormal groups here in the UK are doing, and I've no doubt the situation is the same in America, they're tweeting, blogging, Facebook, and and Facebook-living their way through a haunted night. they're They're inviting people to... Comment and suggest who is going to be locked in the coal cellar and who, is, what experiments they should do, and what the results are, and then they're basing their interpretation of something like an EVP recording that they've got on a majority vote um, of the of the you know 200, 300, 400 people who are watching the live stream. Um, and they never, ever go back and re-examine the footage um, in, a, in any meaningful way. Because because it's not really an experiment. It's just an event. It's a, yeah. it's a, it's the a show, is, basically. Yeah. Well, that's, that, there, therein lies the problem uh, with paranormal research and why it's not advancing, because we're too busy playing to our peers in terms of our social media presence and Craving likes, craving, you know, shares um, and subscriptions to our channel rather than producing meaningful results. Mm -hmm. And I think it's it's reflecting in the way that ghost hunting as an activity has been perceived by mainstream science. Go back 25, 30 years. And there were some notable investigators of the paranormal. Of of ghosts and hauntings, who were very respected pillars within the, the general field, people like Tony Cornell and Dr. Alan Gould this side of the Atlantic. Harry Price was an absolute pillar of it. Nanda Fodor, others, um, in an, you know in those, those earlier um, Cal, ghosts French. Of, Cal Cooper. Um, <laughs>
1: no, it's friends. Who's the one that from Maine there or something? with his name? Sorry. The book he re- re- re-edited. Oh, Alex Tannis. Alex Tannis, thank you.
0: Um, but now, mainstream psychology, mainstream parapsychology, mainstream science won't go near ghost hunting with a barge pole. But it, it, it's treated almost like a care in the community branch, as something to be avoided and, and, and distanced from by anybody who's, who's supposedly science, you know, a, a scientist. Um, there, are a few, there are a few parapsychologists who recognize a market and trade on that, um, You know, who offer courses to go hunters. But when you actually look at the contents of the courses, they're actually fairly flimsy, and they're hellishly expensive. I mean, here in the UK, we've got a couple, and the general price for these… General you know, Keith has one, doesn't he? Well, I wasn't going to name him specifically. But,
1: uh, but I, I know he has one, though. That's what well, like I was saying.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, I say, here in the UK, we have, a, you know, one or two. Um, yeah. If you look at the price, 250 pounds for no, what, I, I what? Yeah, I charge. mean, I, yeah, it's, it's 250 pounds. And when you look at the contents, it really is minimal stuff. You know, it's stuff that. It's basic. It, it, no, it's beyond basic. In fact, it doesn't even teach you the basics. It's it's it, it leaves you um, pretty what poorly. Equ- it's, it's, well, it leaves you pretty poorly equipped. You know, one one, you know, one of the taglines used by one of these um, parapsychology um, course services <laughs> is um, Providing the information, letting you decide. No, I don't want to decide. I want an expert to guide me. That's like going to school, sitting through five years of school and college, and then writing your own exam paper. (laughs) Mm-hmm. It's it's complete nonsense. If you go, if you if you go, and you, know, you, you pay to be taught by somebody who is a leader and a recognized leader in the field with qualifications, then you expect to be given substantial, substantive quality information, not presenting the information letting you decide. And you see that so much in the paranormal realm. We're presenting well, in all evidence,
1: fairness, I mean, you do ghostology, which is a, a course in itself. Yeah, but,
0: but at no point do I do say, I, uh, yeah, presenting information isn't the problem. I don't give people that go on ghostology the option of making their own mind up. I tell them, this is the the way things are, you know. Um,
1: well, that's not necessarily true, Except you because it, you, know, well, you except, say that this is not the way you, uh, you're Go ahead.
0: Now, what I say is I am not teaching you how to ghost hunt and how you put this information into use has to fit in with the the dynamics and the personalities of of, of your the people that you investigate with. But there are certain things like if you are going to measure something, you have to measure it in a certain way. These are laid down by international treaties, the International Standards Organization, for example. There are ways of doing things properly that that you have to adhere to if what you're doing is going to be credible how you then take these basic lego bricks of um methodology and and information and put them together you might build a two-story house i might build a bungalow Mm -hmm. there are there are differences and those differences reflect right through science you know lots of scientists in fact, free thinking science encourages people to look at uh, a problem and to you know to approach it slightly unconventionally to put the bricks together in a slightly different order so it's this idea of letting you know giving you the uh, presenting the thing letting you decide is nonsense. you have to give people clear facts if you 're going to to help people and I've said several times, and I've said it to the Society of Psychical Research this year, that they are not pulling their weight. Uh, These big organizations who have vast resources of information that they could lay uh, available to the investigation community have the distance themselves they have put clear blue water between themselves and the paranormal investigation community probably in some cases for good reason but the the community then it's been mm. cast adrift and left to its own devices and it turns to television programs it turns to social media it turns to um people within that field to say, well, we've, we did this experiment, You know, we, we, we did some EVP and the, the demon said, and they go, well, well, that was really good. We'll try it too. Mm-hmm. So they are being, you know, they've been disenfranchised and treated very, very badly by mainstream parapsychology. You, you know, really I have an idea, Steve,
1: Pascal. as I was been listening to you speak, is that, Perhaps we should devise an experiment and put it out there and see if we can get various groups to undertake this experiment and then correlate the data from it and see what we get. Uh
0: I, I, I think that would be an interesting idea. Uh and not interesting as in a disingenuous interest. <laughs> I mean, as in a genuinely interesting oh, the, idea.
1: The, the really interesting one.
0: <laughs> no, no, I mean seriously, because there are um I did some I did some back of the envelope um stats for the SPR conference. And I it was a rough estimate. I wanted to work out well how many people are, you know, actively ghost hunting each weekend. And there's around about so many groups who go each weekend, and there are around about so many members, and that's you, you can sort of make these calculations. And it turns out that are it's a, actually a very small number. There, there are approximately uh, twenty thousand people within the entire United Kingdom who are what you would call dedicated paranormal investigators. There is probably a hundred. To 200,000 people who go on an occasional ghost hunt, uh, you know, a thrill-seeking night out with the, with you know, for charity or, or with friends or whatever. But I was surprised at how small the numbers are. Um, yeah,
1: it's it is surprising. Uh, but, anyways, I think that's something that you and I will, will sit down and we'll talk about and see if we can come up with this experiment and put it out and see if we can get. You know, various groups from across the United States, the U.K., the world. I don't really care where they come from as long as they follow a, a set of uh, procedures. And, uh, you yeah, know, let's see what, this, what we can do with this. It would be interesting to, uh, uh, you know, to do, really, for me, anyways. I know, know yeah, that.
0: Yeah, I, I, I agree. And I don't think it's something we can we can throw together overnight. I think we... Oh, no,
1: no. It's something we want to think about. <clears throat>
0: Yeah, and, I think yeah. you know we, we we it's something that we I think is doable before the end of
1: 2017.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I look forward, or well, hardly before to end of 2016. That's <laughs> next week, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> of <course. laughs> Speaking of next week, and changing the subject up slightly for the last two minutes, uh, I don't know how many shows we've got left in this year, but I know is it the one after next is what we call the nightmare before Christmas because for you 24th, and I is. Right? It is indeed the nightmare before Christmas because 20th, we, yep, we hand over our precious and cosseted cared for loved sh- Ghost Chronicles International to the ladies, the, the, the girls behind the, the the real power. Do we really have to? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> damn yeah it's become a tradition since i joined this co-host
1: <laughs> yeah you started and i'm not particularly
0: fond of this but <laughs> that's why it makes me want to do it even more i know i
1: know
0: i know since jan likes it because she told me yeah whatever that's why we called it the nightmare before christmas show
1: Oh, well, a nightmare week,
0: for me yeah and me and next week of course we have the th- episode three of the teller of curious tales
1: all right the star of the show actually
0: Well, it's, yeah. He he does have a lovely radio voice, doesn't he?
1: (laughs) So anyways, that's what's coming up. So uh, tonight I have another red light saying, so we'll see how that will go. Uh, Unfortunately, Jim Stonio won't be with me tonight, so that's kind of a variation from it. So
0: So you've got to battle through the blizzards to get there.
1: Yeah, the blizzards, right. It was like a dusting on the ground. Is Steve going to Spirit Quest? Are you going to Spirit Quest? Uh, yes. John says in the chat room. Yes, since, John, I will be. because since of, you're, you're hosting it, I guess you would be.
0: <coughs> well, I'm not hosting it. I'm co-hosting it. Co-hosting it. Yeah, we need – um as it's, as it's Houdini and Doyle themed, we had the American with the, uh, the the slightly annoying American of Eastern European descent covered, but we needed a Brit. Yeah, that's pretty much it. You a to scrape up something. Yeah, sir. So.
1: I was thinking of Richard, but you're yeah, the best, next best thing. Oh no, Richard! Richard would be
0: amazing. <laughs> anyways, this <here's> the tunes. <laughs> so we Americans. <laughs> <we do>, yeah, <laughs> a British
1: accent. Uh, so, anyways, we do have to leave this the tunes. So we want to thank you for listening and uh, stay tuned because we will put together an experiment. We s- will send a challenge out there and let's see if anybody grabs it. So, till next time. Good night and God bless everyone.
0: Can I go, bless? From goalies to ghosties, long lickety beasties. And things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.